endeavor to craft a morning radio show that will make everyone unhappy <laughs> or, or be unlistenable. Right. We've got the super so serious, far, so good. the super serious informative now, and then coming up the the uh, as vacuous and silly as vacuous and silly can get with uh, how The Bachelor turned out last night. Which, by the way, I'll have to point out the statistics. It is the number one show among high-income households in America for some reason. I'm not exactly sure why, but it is. I think it's a trip to the human zoo. I just like to see the animals do their thing. Sometimes the animals are actually animals, and their behavior is disgusting. We talked last week to Jancy Thompson, former Olympic hopeful, a big-time swimmer, about the abuse she uh, took from her coach, sexual abuse through the years, and uh, how USA Swimming covered up not only for that coach, but others, and has just been completely derelict in their duty of protecting children. And uh, as it turns out, and this is poor interview preparation, and we have blamed the staff loudly, <laughs> um, uh, we didn't realize that Jancy had some pretty specific ideas on how parents could be proactive and protect their kids. Mm-hmm. Well, and we heard that, and we said, get her back as quickly as possible. Well, that's certainly on my mind after the gymnastics thing. And now mm-hmm. that it's gymnastics, swimming, and it looks like volleyball, I'm thinking, at least, yeah. what youth sports do I want my kids to be in? How do, how do I keep this from happening? But Jancy Thompson joins us again right now. Hey, Jancy, how are you? Good morning. I'm good. Thank you. Great. Thanks for taking the time to come back. So let's talk about that. Parents who have a talented kid, a kid who loves sports, who wants to get in the higher echelons of whatever sport, what do you suggest they do? You know, um, I think the first thing that we all need to do as parents is um, address that uncomfortable conversation that every parent um, dreads having with your child and that no one regardless of who they are and what position in life um, they are in, whether it be a doctor, a coach, a mentor, a teacher, even some family members. And having that conversation that nobody should ever make their bodies feel bad. If it feels wrong, then it is wrong. And sometimes the touch and the attention may feel really good, but if you pay attention, somewhere in your body it's going to feel wrong, whether that's crippling stomach aches or changes in eating behaviors or body appearance in the form of weight loss or weight gain, it's going to feel wrong. And and educating our children on what that feels like and what that might look like and who has the authority to might put them in a position where their body might feel wrong um, is a huge, huge thing. We have to educate our kids and our athletes, all age levels, on what this might look like. And unfortunately, it's a horrible, horrible world we live in, and this culture in the swimming, in the swimming world and in other sports as well. We have to educate our kids on what this looks and feels like, first and foremost. You know, Jancy, that's absolutely true, and, and some of those symptoms, I think, are really worth parents uh, keeping in mind. You know, the only slight point of disagreement I have is uh, parents don't dread it. And and a lot of parents already do this or, or, or are aware of programs. Nobody gets to touch your privates. And no matter what right. what reason they give or what excuse they give or how much you like them or how much they yell at you, there's just no reason for somebody to touch your privates ever. And if they do, you come right. and tell me no matter what they say. Um, right. You know, let's let's not be embarrassed. Everybody has genitals, and it's okay to make reference to them, you know, in certain settings, obviously. Um, right. Yeah. So we got a whole bunch of texts after your interview the other day. People saying, "What was going on with your parents? Did you tell your parents? Did you? Did you not? What was happening there?" 
all these you know, years, all the years that this was going on, were they aware of it? Um, you know, there were suspicions and red flags that shot up everywhere for everyone, not just my parents, but other coaches, um, other athletes who are older than me. Um, and this abuse thrives in an environment where most of the time parents are not around to witness every minute and every second of the rigorous training schedules. I mean, we, we train 20-plus hours in the water with additional time doing cardio and weight training. And by all means, I'm not saying this is an excuse, but these predators prey on young athletes under the umbrella of training. And so, you know, parents have to go with their gut and never – ever question that because you might not see it it might be sit right in front of you but you might not see it but your gut will tell you you know that this is wrong um and athletes and this culture that we live in today we've learned to be silent because of the expectations of the sport and what your coach your specific coach defines as being safe normal and even allowed and parents also feed into this this as well and these coaches take away the parenting ability. And, and as parents, we can't allow anybody to take away our ability to parent. We are our only child's advocate in life. And we were given that job and that position to speak up when it doesn't feel right for ourselves as an adult. When a child may not necessarily recognize those red flags, adults do. So even if it's scary and even if we're afraid that, you know, we might – cause some waves or, you know, be rejected by a couple of teammates or even potentially even being kicked off the team because that happens too if you speak up and against this culture. Do it. Do it for the safety of your child and go somewhere else that is safe because there's a reason why they kick you off. They're hiding something. It's not right. Well, yeah, not only that, but the whole idea that if you have the talent and the drive to be, you know, world-class successful – but there's something funky about the team you're on, and you don't like it. They are going to try to sell you on the idea that, oh, no, the, 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 your dream will die if you leave this right. team. You know, that's how they make their money and get their fame and the rest of it. And speaking of dreams dying, you know, the, the whole Hollywood fracas we've all been paying attention to with the Harvey Weinstein and the rest of it, and then, you know, you got swimming and volleyball, et cetera, um, and gymnastics. You know, just as a rule of thumb, if you're involved in something – where, and it's particularly true of women and girls, but uh, boys too, if you're involved in something where there are millions of people who have the dream and there are gatekeepers to getting to that dream, whether it's a movie producer or the super famous coach or whatever, and, and they have the power to you know be that gatekeeper, they're going to start thinking about taking a toll. And the sexual pervs are going to want to get sex out of it. So just beware of that, that sort of situation. Absolutely. Music business is full of it. Jancy Thompson, Olympic hopeful swimmer on the line. Uh, Jancy, we appreciate the thoughts, and thanks for coming back on. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for uh, for listening. Yeah, you got to keep preaching. I can see, I can see how it'd be tough though. So, if especially if if the kid's pretty young, and they come to you and tell you this, so then you're in a situation. Okay, um, am I going to confront this person over this? And you and you decide you're going to, mm-hmm. and then they're going to obviously say, "No, I didn't." And mm-hmm. then where are you? Right. Um, Their organization will probably cover for them. If it even goes that far. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just going to say, no, I didn't. Right. And then you go tell their boss where they're going to say, he says he didn't. So what do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, and, and then so and now 
because uh, I'm kind of dealing with this with a court case of my own deal with my kids. Um, so now you want to bring your kid in and have them tell the story in front of a whole bunch of adults a whole bunch of times. Do you want to do that? Uh, you got to decide that. And uh, they're just going to keep saying, no, I didn't. And mm-hmm. so do you pull your kid out of the sport? And <laughs> I don't know what you do. I mean, find not... a different coach. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it would be, it would be, yeah. And, you know, with little kids, their stories change sometimes. My kids have all kinds of stories, not about this stuff, but. Um, you know, we, uh, we got a note, and I'm, I'm scanning to see if I can find it. I don't know what I did with it. But from a guy who was involved in uh, pretty high-level gymnastics, um, and and the gals and the guys would be training together, and he was, you know, he was in it, uh, you know, in his, uh, as I recall, late teens, early twenties, doesn't really matter. But listen, listen, uh, so many times when we're talking about, I was talking about uh, sending my kids off to college, and and the whole. You know, no slut shaming. Just because I wear something revealing doesn't mean you can rape me thing. I've told my girls, listen, there are biological reactions to sexually provocative clothing, uh, flirting, etc. It's millions of years old. It's baked into human beings that we react in certain ways. Now, if you're an evolved human being, you, you have a hold of your urges and you don't act on them if that would make you a bad person or would victimize somebody else. But not everybody's a good person. So a certain percentage of people in every situation are going to be bad people and you have given them a provocation that they may not be able to resist you've just got to be smart about it well so this guy's point was that in gymnastics everybody's wearing practically nothing and these are beautiful young athletic people at the peak of their sexual lives biologically the peak of your sexual lives is in your late teens don't remind me you could you could make babies like crazy you're trying to depress me well and as a teenage boy please talking about myself here just my prime is you know it's in the rearview mirror oh please way in the rear i'm surprised you objects you can't even never mind they're bigger than they appear you can't even see them um but you've got to and and teenage boys you you could like be hit by a car and as you come to you're thinking god i want sex i mean it's just the way you're built and so there's an incredible amount of sexual energy going on and swimming i remember swimming class in high school it was like torturous what are you doing and all these, you know, the beautiful well, yeah. girls who were dating and the rest of it in these, these swimsuits. It's well, terrible. Yeah, you have to wear certain clothes to swim and do gymnastics. But like Amy Schumer, one of her routines is uh, she she played volleyball in high school. And she said, and we're playing basically in our underwear. Right. And I and I thought the other day, I thought, I wonder if one of these freaking pervos is the first person who decided, I know what, I'll make them wear underwear to play volleyball. Because I don't think you could you could play volleyball. I've played a lot of volleyball in regular shorts. Plenty of freedom of movement. I was able to do whatever I wanted to. Oh, yeah. I wasn't wearing panties to play right. volleyball. Right. Did some pervo come up with that idea so he could see know. high school girls in those outfits? I don't know. I, I don't wonder. Know. I would have never thought that before, but it's very possible at this point that that's what's going on there. But getting back to the bi- the biology of the thing, look, w- we all in sports are supposed to be professional and mature and not pervs and the rest of it. But if you've got a lot of scantily clad people in their sexual prime running around, don't be an idiot. There's going to be a lot of sexual energy around there. And these coaches, you know, some of them are predators. Some of them might just, you know, after a while, the desire gets to them and they make terrible errors in judgment, etc. But don't be a fool. Don't pretend that's not happening. 
And boy, and then we've talked a lot about the hashtag Me Too movement and how, you know, it can go too far and innocent people can get caught up in that. And that that could happen in the sports thing so easily, too. So now everybody's super on guard, which it turns out you really need to be. But, you you know, you hate to see some poor dude who hasn't done anything. Uh, one person calls him a witch when it comes to being a child molester and you're done, mm-hmm. whether it happened or not. And uh, that that's a rough situation. Well, moving on to a different topic. Sean is an idiot, according to several people who have written in. Our family's writing in now. To tell us that you queued up the wrong bit of tape to hear my alleged yeah, no. We'll delve into that. If Sean is indeed an idiot, we will find out together here. Nobody's Our, denying that. A t- <laughs> <laughs> There's no pushback there. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We'll hit you with a couple of highlights from last night's The Bachelor. The most controversial Bachelor ever. Oh! Yeah, we need to get to that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. I think over the last couple times that we've been hanging out, I've been really trying to sort my feelings out and trying to trying to grasp this whole thing, you know? And the reality of it is that I'm a homosexual. You know, being with you, although it's been everything that I wanted, I still think about her. And I think you sense that. And I think for me, the more I hung out with you, the more I felt like I was losing the possibility of maybe reconciling things with Lauren. So anyway, that's why I'm running the bath in the background. (laughs) So what? (laughs) Do you want to be back with her? see if there's that possibility are you kidding me no no i'm not kidding you i proposed to you and then i've changed my mind yep (laughs) you can tell i'm serious because i brought all these producers and cameras with me (laughs) it's the old switcheroo (laughs) that's where i fell to my knees and started crying that's from last night's three hour the bachelor of which i saw about three minutes but my wife watched them i'll tell you what i want to hear another clip definitely i don't know i don't i I do colin in dc has just sent us an email with the most amazing analysis of The Bachelor. If you are a person who can't even conceive of watching The Bachelor, number one, I understand. But wait till you hear the analysis. So here are your top three shows for households with over $150,000 a year income, which I realize if you live in San Diego, San Francisco, wherever, doesn't sound like you know rich people. But for a lot of the country, that's you're doing real well. Yeah, I would say jack that up by like 40% in your coastal cities. But the the, num- the number three show for people, high-income uh, people, and trust me, advertisers keep track of this. This is what they want. Um, 60 Minutes. Number two, Shark Tank. Okay, those are smart people shows. Sure. Number one, The Bachelor series. Yeah! Bachelor, Bachelorette. and spend- Hard to imagine. Yeah. And it makes a ton of money. Made $200 million for ABC last year. Um, 
even with all the cameras and everything like that in the trips, I'm sure the cost is fairly low. You're not, it's a fraction are, of the cost of a, of oh, a traditional sure. oh, show because yeah, you're playing actors, writers, things like that. And what are you paying these idiots? <laughs> Virtually <laughs> nothing. nothing. I think yeah. nothing. All right, got to give what me one more clip. are paying these idiots? So, well, do we have to, uh, I suppose, spell it out so people understand. So he they get, he narrows it down to two. He's in, madly in love with both of them, staring deep into their eyes. Oh, my God, how unfortunate. Just co- completely. Have you ever been in love? He's that in love with two people at the same time. As which, a homosexual. Which means, <laughs> Which is especially surprising. Which makes you a crazy person. But anyway, he chooses one, gives her the rose, la 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 la, then changes his mind because he's thinking about the other girl all the time. Now that's a twist. Wow. So It kills me to see you like this, but I just, I'm so sorry. <sighs> I can feel like my future was ripped away. <laughs> well, because it was. <laughs> What was your future before these three months? <laughs> Go back to that one. <laughs> Trust me, it's better. Like, I love you. And I obviously want you to be happy, and it's not me, but... Hello? You still there? I, like, I can't imagine my life without you. Oh, boy. You're really not that attractive when you cry. You really, know, <laughs> really need to. I drink because you cry. Um, oh, really God. need the BGs. How can you mend a broken heart right now? All right, I need time for this because this is brilliant. Colin in DC, Joe. There are three levels of enjoyment when it comes to the Bachelor. Level one: people who think it's real, also known as the soft head level. <laughs> Level two, people who understand it's fake but appreciate it as sort of a professional wrestling style spectacle. I totally get that. Level three, people who grasp that it is actually a sadistic social experiment engineered by producers who are genuinely evil misanthropes taking revenge on every pretty person who is ever mean to them. Level three viewers revel in watching attractive people who have never heard the word no in their lives get pumped full of alcohol and put into, put into artificial constructs where they have to navigate experiencing adversity for the first time in their charmed lives, all on camera. The contestants, who know it's a farce, think they're in on the joke, when in reality, the show is a meta farce, and the joke is actually on them. It's a truly glorious thing. That's the best description I've ever heard. In that sense, it is real. These are a bunch of pretty people who've never been told no in their lives. They get them drunk, and as, as the story says today, they figure out the women's cycles to really get to to to, to plan the most controversial moments for when they're having their lady time right. to get them to cry and fall apart. To use the technical term. And, and he's absolutely right. They think they're in on the joke, yes. but they don't know the, the, to what extent they're not. Right. And they're so self-obsessed, Yep, they haven't figured it out, even though this is the 33rd <laughs> season of the show. <laughs> Which makes the torture all the more delicious. I'm going to start watching. <laughs> oh, God dang it. Oh, boy. What are other headlines, Marshall? International concern about another possible Putin polonium attack. We're going to get into that and more minutes from now. Armstrong and Getty. I've got some relationship advice out of that last clip we just played. You can't imagine your future with a guy you just met a couple weeks ago on a show. Huh. Two really hit it off. <laughs> listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty Show. 
So the Oscar ratings are in. About 26 million people watched it. It is, I don't, I mean, it's not a thing anymore. It's dying. Well, it's it's practically dead. That's just a pretty big hit television show. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's bigger than most shows, but not by a ton. I it's, have... it's no longer a spectacle. It's no longer a national event at 26 oh, and a half million to, people. They, they used to tout it as uh, the, the world is watching a billion people worldwide. Remember right. that? Yeah. So I didn't actually see that uh, Wall Street Journal article you made reference to. Did it talk more about the changes in the movie business and... Yeah, and, and so, why the Oscars are on the decline from so, that stuff. D- similar to the NFL, there's a whole bunch of reasons that this could be, right? Cord cutting, more options, right. not as many hit movies making it in as we, we went over yesterday. It used to be the, the China factor. But. Yeah, all that sort China. of stuff. And then a lot of people like us talk about the politics stuff. I'm telling you, that's the biggest difference for me. When It didn't used to be... You wouldn't even it wouldn't even cross your mind that you're going to get this big giant dose of politics if you tune in. Right. I just do not want a that drumbeat of it. There were like three political moments in Oscar history that you would see over and over right. and over right. again that had happened in fifty years. Well, now it's, it's just nonstop. And as as I heard somebody say yesterday, if you get up there and get an Oscar now and don't talk politics, people are disappointed in you. Well, no. they're angry at you. How you had a, you had a platform, you had a moment, and you wasted it. I'm talking about movies. Jimmy Kimmel opened the show urging all the winners to speak from their heart powerfully. Ah, F y'all. Hey, we got to get to the, 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 a couple of NFL owners are saying, anybody kneels down uh, next season, they're not on the team anymore. The owners have gotten together in the offseason as uh, heads have cooled and said, that's it. No more of that. Final comment on the Oscar thing? Yeah, I saw one legit criticism saying I wanted more Trump jokes. Yeah. I wanted more yeah. politics. Yeah. I was upset, blah, blah, blah. It was that, that was some idiot woman on The View well, that's a, I saw said, Right, that's please. a criticism that's out there. So, wow. Well, okay. Uh, news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, South Korea is saying North Korea has agreed to impose a moratorium on tests of nuclear weapons and missiles if it holds talks with the United States. South Korea's uh, national security director is saying that North Korea is saying it is ready to have heart-to-heart talks with the U.S. on issues regarding the North's potential denuclearization and normalization of relations between North Korea and D.C. What would lead anybody to take this seriously based on their their history? you got to go in 98% convinced that they're there to deceive. And I would think anybody who, who knows enough to get to that meeting would know that. Yeah, Trump was tweeting this morning, possible progress being made in talks with North Korea for the first time in many years. The serious efforts being made by all parties concerned. The world is watching and waiting. Maybe false hope, but the U.S. is ready to go hard in either direction. End of quote. Well, every president that I can remember takes this completely seriously. Clinton did. Bush did. Obama did. Mm-hmm. They take these overtures completely seriously and tout how their uh, approach to it has uh, led to a breakthrough. Why? Hope. What does that get you? What? What? Do you, it'd be like uh, Ari if he's he's been engaged right. eight times and broken up all with all of them within Ari, a week. The gay man from The Bachelor. <laughs> Why would you expect it to be different from you? I mean, if you just look right. at the the history right. of this, it just seems odd that we all play along with this. Well, game. I think you have to give peace a chance, give negotiations a chance. Is that all you're saying? It, right, that's all I'm saying. And th- then you try to impose some regime of, uh, of inspections and accountability and the rest of it, which will be flouted and cheated upon by the North Koreans yeah. and end up g- getting them a bigger arsenal. I just, I, I personally don't think there's any alternative. 
they're going to end up in nuclear power. British counterterrorism police say they are now leading the investigation into the unexplained illness of a former Russian spy, although it hasn't been declared a terrorist incident yet. Sergei Skirpal and his daughter, who live in England, are in the hospital in critical condition. They were exposed to an unknown substance. <laughs> they were found unconscious Sunday afternoon on a shopping mall bench. Skripal was convicted in Russia of spying for Britain. He was sentenced uh, to 13 years in prison, but he was freed in 2010 as part of a U.S.-Russian spy swap. Yeah, he was a double agent, right? Yep. So Putin does this to send the message that, look, we, you, you spy, you can, you know, you can leave the country. You spy, you die. I will, I will find you and kill you. That's the message he wants to send, right? Yep. Dramatic video that was taken by a snowboarder shows the aftermath of an avalanche in Northern California with people furiously digging out a man buried alive under the snow. Oh, my God. That's one of my fears. Evan, it's unlikely it's going to happen to me since I never ski, but... <laughs> Evan Huck, buried in snow. Rescuers clearing it away from his face as fast as they can to free his body. They're using their hands. They're using shovels, boards, anything they can. Guy, pulling him out? Yeah, well, just keep digging around. Okay. Whoever spotted that snowboard sticking out, good job. And that's who say, what saved him. They saw his snowboard sticking up through the snow after the wow. avalanche. And that was just luck, obviously. Yeah. It could have very easily gotten covered up, and then you would have had no or idea. whisked 25 yards downhill, right. you know, then right. sticking out. You sure. had no idea where to dig. Five Ooh, people. that's huh? frightening. Yeah. Put the phone down. Help dig a little bit. Yeah, I was. Uh, that struck me also. Yeah, Probably could use another pair of hands, and so you don't have to just... Come up with a YouTube post for yeah, later. Hey, today. I want a lot of hits on YouTube, guy. How about you get your ass over here? Jeez. <laughs> Five people buried by the avalanche. Only one pe- a person with serious injuries. The others managed to either free themselves or got dug out by uh, you know the people in the area. Yeah, I heard the guy talking about a 10-foot wall of snow yes. chasing them at 60 miles an hour, yes. and they were trying to get out of the way. Holy crap. Marshall, the current trend among halfwits is to try to sound more sophisticated by softening all of your A's. So if you could pronounce it avalanche <laughs> from here on out, I would really appreciate it. There was an avalanche in Pakistan today. So when I say Dolly Houghton is not budging when it comes to answering questions about politics. During a recent interview on ABC's Nightline, the country music legend and actress told one David Wright, I do not get into that. Of course I have my opinion about everybody and everything. But I learned a long time ago, keep your damn mouth shut if you want to stay in show business. Mm-hmm. I'm not in politics. That's just not I'm an entertainer. Yeah, that, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, you're also a role model. Yes, I am. That's why I don't uh, talk about people. No, the whole, you're a role model, so you have to speak out on politics. <laughs> your role model is a freaking singer. Yes. Why would your opinion on Trump or anybody matter to me at all? I think that, she's being a perfectly good role model for what she does. Is that the big breakdown between uh, people who want this and people who don't? That they think, because you can act, you actually have some insight into politics that the rest of us don't have? Right. Is that the difference between you? I think yeah. you probably have less insight. Because you're in an abnormal work environment. You know, uh, the, the way you get paid and treated right. and that sort of stuff versus everything right. else. It, it, why would you think that? But she's wrong on that. The The reason Jimmy Fallon's no longer number one on The Tonight Show is because he didn't play this game the way Colbert and Kimmel did. The way I, to become famous now is to talk politics. Yeah, uh, I think their worlds may be a little different than than hers. 
you know, the the gig of being a singer. I, I agree with her. The highlight there is that uh, Dolly Parton and Nightline are both still alive. I <laughs> didn't know either one of them were still around. <laughs> that is a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Time to squeeze the eagle. Oh, God, that's loud. Squawky. Dial it back a little bit. <laughs> I, I do not get the whole hearing from all these celebrities on their opinions thing. Fine, if you want that, but a lot you're going to have ratings like they got for the Oscars the other sure. day. Yeah. You're going to have ratings like you got for the NFL this past year. That's what you're going to get. Then if that's what you if you think that's a fair trade-off, you get to do that. I also get to not watch because I don't want to hear about it. You and know, we'll see I, where it ends up. As I said yesterday, I don't want to hear my dentist rant on and on and on about monetary policy. It just would be off-putting. It's not why I'm there. I don't want it. And, you know, I thought, okay, let's, uh, how about this? I go to see a, uh, a lecture on, uh, you know, uh, the relationship with North Korea, for instance. And the lecturer goes on and on and on about acting, like belligerently and with strong opinions. I don't want that. You don't get, you know, a great example from the show. We, we both have our various passions. That we'll touch on maybe a bit, but... Mine is dance. Right. Yours is, is interpretive dance in particular. You know, I got a new favorite album. I could talk in interesting tones for the next 20 minutes about it, and musicians and hardcore music fans would probably enjoy it very much. But that's not why you're here. I'm not going to abuse your trust by just pleasuring myself. Please don't do that. To, to, you know, <laughs> to, 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 to give myself a happy, happy feeling mm-hmm. in with complete disregard for why you are here. I just, I can't stand it. And freaking actors. You know what? I'd, I'd rather listen to like the, the special effects guy who lives in the real world and technical issues and he's got a staff and science and bills and the rest of it as opposed to actors. I love actors. I know actors, but they live in like an entirely emotional world. You ever dated an actress going around the room? Marshall, you ever dated an actress? Yes. They're they're half nuts. 90% of them are half nuts. I call them And passionate. half of them are 90% nuts or something like that. <laughs> Now, remember, I was a theater major for uh, most right. of my college well, I'm career. Telling yes. you. Yeah, yes, they, 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 you can have a lot of fun Talkies. dating an actress. <laughs> Good one, no, Jack. it was all mime. All mime and silence. Worked with Jolson, don't you yes. know? As a guy that played the piano, uh, the cops chased the bad guys around. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I played the piano in the Nickelodeon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well. Anyway, in defense of Marshall, perhaps he was whining yesterday about how the turkeys in his neighborhood were scaring him. They looked right at him, Joe. (laughs) Well, right. It was a chilling tale. They were menacing. Right. Well, there are aggressive turkeys uh, menacing people outside a a hospital. More on the Russian spy. Oh, here's a headline. Shocking. The California Crony Express costs have surged by several billion dollars. Surprising nobody. Also, companies all across the country are really relaxing their drug policies, their whiz quizzes, because they can't get enough employees. So times are changing. We saw this coming. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Got a girl from the south side. Got brazen hair. First time I seen her walk by, and I about fell up on my chair. Had to get her number. It took me like six weeks. 
Saw this three Pinocchio award for um, a claim Democrats made recently about net neutrality. I, I don't claim to have any understanding of net neutrality. I've tried and then, I don't know, my mind wanders. So then I forget. Forget what, forget what I was doing whenever they talk about net neutrality. But anyway, so the Democrats put a tweet out the other day, the U.S. Senate Democrats. If we don't save net neutrality, you'll get the Internet one word at a time. Which is what a, the hell? It's a pretty, uh, pretty bold claim. But um, that was an over-the-top statement. But they say even the implication of that statement was uh, um, a three-Pinocchio lie. According to the Washington Post, there's scant evidence that Internet users should brace for any slowdown. The reason they gave it three Pinocchios and not four is that that could change in the future. But all the big companies say they're not going to slow anything down. Right. So for right now, there's no reason to think anything is going to change at all. Now, in the future, I don't know, maybe some big companies start throttling this or charging for that or whatever. I don't know. For listeners who are not hip to the net neutrality issue, net neutrality is essentially somebody offers to sell you a net, and you say, I don't know if I want one. Some days I want one, some days I don't. Not that big a deal to me. That's it. That's how it works. So I'm reading more about this Russian spy thing. Putin so obviously is trying to rub these people out. This guy was a, you know, he was a double agent. Was spying for the Brits while he was supposed to be spying spying for the Ruskies. The Ruskies caught him, beat the hell out of him, threw him in jail. He was in jail for a long time. The Brits swapped for another spy for him. He's out. His daughter comes from Russia to, to visit the old man. And they both end up unconscious on the ground being treated for, quote, suspected exposure to an unknown substance. I tell you what, you cross the pooter, you spend the rest of your life looking over your shoulder. Speaking of crossing uh, Putin, Steele from the Steele dossier. Ah, yes. What's his first name? Christopher, I believe. Christopher Steele. Yeah. It's a um, great spy name. It is. So there's a New Yorker piece out about him. He's a handsome devil, too. People who call themselves smart say pieces instead of articles for some reason. Yes. I don't know why. Um, Think article doesn't sound good. I would like an <laughs> article of pie. You sound like an idiot. <laughs> it's a piece. But anyway, so the Christopher Steele, and the, and the writer of the New Yorker article about Christopher Steele is how he, uh, he, he, um, he put this piece out and it made Putin mad and Trump mad. And she actually said, I saw her interviewed about this, she said, so she made the two world's most powerful oligarchs both angry at him, Putin and Trump. And I thought, does wow. she actually believe that? Are there people that believe that? Are there people that not see the, that don't see the difference between Trump's power and Putin's power? Good Lord. And I just thought about this with Putin having this person killed. Putin controls all levers of government. The judicial system, he makes, breaks laws, applies them to whoever, based on his sole whim. The he legislature's can, a rubber stamp entirely. Yeah, he controls all of the media. He, he controls the economy. He can, set, he can do everything. Trump has none of those powers. He doesn't Absolutely. even control his cabinet. He has zero of those powers. Boy, you are either a liar, a fool, or your emotions have completely trumped your intellect. If you write that sentence, that's insane. Well, it's an insulting to our system, too. We don't have a system that allows anybody to do those things. Well, and it's a grotesque underestimate of of Putin and his capabilities. God, that's just inexcusable. Hmm? Boy, the extent to which ideology trumps intelligence is just amazing. That's just crazy. The coming decline of the employment drug test, struggling to hire companies are relaxing corporate drug policies all across the country. Not right. surprising. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, just one, one thought. The most Hitler-esque thing Trump has done 
is the little mustache. Is, I don't think he should have grown it. I don't. I think. I think with the way that would the, be Hitler-esque. I think granted, the, but I think it was a bad move. I don't know what pictures you're seeing on the internet, sir. But was saying, look, we'll take the guns, then the due process. Well, yeah, but you know, you'd have to take him seriously. Well, and I don't. That's ridiculous. <laughs> It'll never happen. It's like his. Uh, we should look at NBC's license. No, we're not. But even Here it comes. Then, even Everybody's then, guns are going to be then, taken away. Even if he wanted to do that, he doesn't get to no, under our system. He not a chance. There's no mechanism for him to do that. I'm a libertarian, not a Trump guy, and Trump doesn't concern me in the least. You know, he might pass legislation that's a little hardcore anti-terrorism, a little soft on the NSA, that sort of thing. That would bother me. But the last Democrat and Republican did, too. So, you know, more of the same. Yeah, that's just that's insulting and stupid. Back to peeing in a cup. Yeah. So I've got a couple of friends that uh, hire for uh, jobs, and they and, and they all say they can't find good people that can pass the whiz quiz. We've talked to a number of our clients here uh, who endorse the fabulous Armstrong and Getty show. A great way to reach affluent and intelligent uh, customers. Just like the Bizatchla. Exactly. Um, but they can't find people that will pass the whiz quiz. And so now, because everybody's smoking the marijuana and it's legal so many places, companies are starting to do away with that aspect of the drug test, which only makes sense. I'd imagine they're handling it uh, similarly to alcohol. Look, you can drink on the weekends if you want, but don't show up to work drunk or we'll fire you. Smoke them if you got them then. Hmm? Huh? But what's to stop someone from getting all potted up on weed and getting behind the wheel? Nothing. Except a bunch of laws. You idiot. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.